my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Su. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Mark Moss Show, where we talk about the decentralized revolution each and every week as the world is changing. We look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. And of course, that technology is Bitcoin. It is the decentralized technology that's changing the world as we see. And, you know, I try to bring to you some education to kind of change the way you see things. I want to bring to you the latest breaking news and some interesting guests so you can hear some different viewpoints and I want to run through some of the biggest news that I saw this week that really just highlights exactly what's going on out there. And it's, uh, you know, it, it shouldn't be as a big surprise to anybody, especially somebody who's listening to this show on a regular basis. And if you're not, I would encourage you to tune in on a regular basis. You can check me out on YouTube. You can just search Market Disruptors to find these episodes live on YouTube. You can watch me, listen to me there, or on your favorite podcast player, just search The Mark Moss Show. Um, but it shouldn't be a surprise that we are going through a rough economic cycle right now. Um, Facebook, Meta just produced their earnings this week. Their, their stock is down 75% from its peak. Cryptocurrencies are down anywhere from 70 to 90% off their peak. Uh, most of the NASDAQ, the tech stocks, are down you know, 50%. Um, we're definitely in a bear market. We've had two quarters of negative GDP growth. 
the Biden administration doesn't want to call that a recession. Technically it is, but whatever. But the point that I want to make is that um, in the bear markets, which is what we are in right now, in the bear markets is when it's time to build. That's when the real builders, that's when the real wealth is made at the bottom of the market. That's where the opportunities are. And we can see that um, that's exactly what's happening. As a matter of fact, there's this article that came out this week from Fidelity. Fidelity is one of the largest asset managers in the United States. And it says that uh, per their survey that they did, um, that the bear market didn't slow down institutional interest in Bitcoin and crypto. This is the fourth annual study they've done, and it showed that 74% of institutional investors um, still want to get into um, Bitcoin and crypto in the future. Now, like I said, this is one of the largest asset managers in the United States, uh, maybe and, and the world for that matter. And uh, they have a, a division called the Fidelity Digital Assets uh, Group, and they studied them. They said that more than half of those surveyed, 58% of the people they surveyed, had already invested into digital assets during the first half of 2022, and 74% planned to invest in the future. Um, now, that's a pretty big deal. Now, this included over 1,000 institutional investors spread across the U.S., Europe, and Asia. The respondents included family offices, digital and traditional hedge funds, pensions, financial advisors, endowments, foundations, and high net worth individuals. So this isn't just like random run-of-the-mill people off the street that have 100 bucks. These are what we might typically call the smart money. Um, I am, and I hate to break it to you, you are, we're considered the dumb money. Uh, but this would be considered the smart money. So the smart money in the US, Europe, and Asia are saying they are going to continue to invest in. They want to continue. 74% of them plan to invest into these markets in the future. And so that's that's a big deal. It's a big deal. Um, a lot of times, or a lot of people lately think that this entire sector, Bitcoin and crypto, is dead. But it's not, not by a long shot. And we can see that these companies are not only being invested into, but they're also building. There's a company this week, uh, Colander. They announced that they raised two, almost $2.5 million to build Lightning Native. Uh, uh, I said that with air quotes. <laughs> Lightning Native financial products. Now, what does that mean, Lightning Native? So one of the oldest and still maybe most pervasive arguments about against Bitcoin is it's too slow and too expensive. Bitcoin can't scale. It's too slow. It's too expensive. Now, I've heard that more than any other argument in the history of Bitcoin. Um, and I don't understand how it's still being used today. Um, I tell people that that argument is a 2017 argument. Like things have changed. New developments have happened. <laughs> I talk about it all the time. And that's uh, what Lightning is. And they're raising money to build more on Lightning native um, products. So what do I mean by that? Well, um, they raised, uh, closed 2.3 million seed funding round. And they're going to use the funds to expand its exchange business and add more Lightning native financial tools to its existing product. What is Lightning native? So technology scales in layers. It's the way it works. Just like our financial system was built on layers. Gold was the final, was the base settlement layer. And then in order to speed up gold transactions, because to go get my gold out of the ground and then send it to somebody across the country, took a lot of time. So if I put the gold in a bank and they gave me a paper gold certificate, 
that's an, an IOU, a debt claim. That's layer two. Now, it's much easier, faster, and cheaper to spend the paper than it is to move the base metal. Um, technology scales the same way. So we have a TCPIP as a protocol that transfers information. And then we built layers on top of it. So if we want email, then we create an ST, um, STMP protocol. STMP protocol on top of that. If we want security for websites, we create a HTTPS and we scale layers on top of it. And Bitcoin is the same way. So Bitcoin is a base settlement protocol, base settlement layer. And on top of it, we have layer twos. And now we have layer threes being built on top of that. And so Lightning is a way that we can send Bitcoin faster and more cheaper than any other cryptocurrency that's out there. So that's what they're talking about with, with Lightning, Lightning Native. Colander refers to its core product as, quote, the world's first lightning native derivatives exchange, end quote. They're also working on Bitcoin-backed synthetic stablecoins and a lightning-enabled Bitcoin wallet. So um, what they do is they, they, they they, the network allows users to instantly open and close positions directly to and from their lightning wallets. So typically what would happen is if I wanted to open up an exchange account, I have to send Bitcoin. Now, when I send the Bitcoin, it could take an hour for that Bitcoin to get there, which it could take me an hour to drive to my bank and send a wire transfer, much less the time it takes to get the money there. But um, so an hour is still pretty fast. But with Lightning, it can be done instantaneously. As a matter of fact, pretty much instantaneously and free. Um, and that's what they're talking about. So they're going to be allow people to fund their wallets with using Lightning. Lightning is the second layer that allows to send Bitcoin faster and cheaper than any other cryptocurrency that's out there. Also, they're creating this synthetic stable coin. Um, which basically is uh, a, a traditional stablecoin is um, I would give you one U.S. dollar and you would give me back a token that's a claim on that dollar. So I can use this token as a dollar. It's stable to the price of the dollar. But anytime I want, I give you the token back, you give my dollar back. These are synthetic stablecoins. It's a little bit different. And basically, they, they mimic a stablecoin, but they don't actually create a stablecoin token. And so it's synthetic. So what it does is it aims to achieve stability by simultaneously uh, maintaining a long, a buy, and a short sell position on Bitcoin at the same time. So if I buy Bitcoin, I hold Bitcoin, I'm long. And what I would do is I would go short one Bitcoin at the exact same time. So that way, if the price goes up or down, the two, the long and the short positions are evening themselves out. Um, and with the synthetic um um, Bitcoin, you can also short it in several other fiat denominations. So I could create a synthetic stablecoin pegged against the euro or the yen or whatever I want. So it's pretty cool. Now, they also are building out a lightning wallet, um, which is going to be like a Google Chrome extension. Now, this is pretty interesting because it will integrate with the stablecoins, the synthetic stablecoins they're, they're, they're creating, but also other applications in the ecosystem. Now, the reason why this is important is because of what's being built now in this creator economy. So the creator economy is basically where me, as a content creator, putting out this podcast to you right now, for example, instead of needing for me to get sponsors who may or may not want to tell me what I can and can't say, what I could do is I could just provide value to you as a listener and you could give me value back in the form of money. Then I don't need sponsors. Now I'm working for my users. Um, I'm going to talk about that and, and more in a minute. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show talking about the decentralized revolution, how the world's changing through politics, finance, and technology. We're talking about the technology right now today and how it's changing 
I got a lot more to cover on this specifically and some other big stuff that just happened. I'll be back with all that and more in a minute. You don't want to miss it, so don't go away. I'll be right back. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. You are still listening to The Mark Ma Show. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Ma Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution, how the world's changing. Of course, you knew that. And we're looking at it through the lens of politics, finance, technology. Right now, today, we're looking at the technology piece, and we're talking about um, how the bear market, what we're going through right now, is the time for building. Most people, they want to buy when the markets are at all-time highs. Oh, everybody's making money. I want to buy, buy, buy. And then when things crash, they just want to sit on the sidelines. But the real money's made in buying and building at the bottom and selling at the top. Um, Just unfortunately, human emotions don't work that way. And so what we're talking about is how people are building right now. 
giving examples of how companies like this are building applications that will really change their future and, and change our future as well. Now, I was talking about how they're building this lightning wallet. This company called Colander raised about $2.5 million to build this lightning wallet that sits in the Google Chrome extension. The reason why is I was talking about this enablement of this creator economy. And so right now, um, as a creator, I'm, I'm a creator on YouTube, for example, and um, YouTube gives me money for AdSense, right? They run ads on my YouTube videos and they give me money on my podcast. I can get sponsors. They can give me money. But if YouTube doesn't like what I say or my sponsors don't like what I say, that could be a problem. But in a creator economy, it would allow me to just work directly with my, uh, with my uh, you know, people that listen to my, my content and they could give me money directly. And this is one thing that Bitcoin's fixing. So imagine, for example, um, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's getting about 200 million views a month. Now, um, imagine if each of those users were to give him 50 cents per episode. That would be $100 million per month he could be making. Just if everyone gave him 50 cents. Now, I know that lots of people would be willing to give him 5 or $10 per episode. I know that because, well, I probably would. I don't listen to him all the time. I don't listen to him very often. But on the shows I do want to listen to, I'd probably chip in 5 bucks. But we can also see, if you go on to uh, YouTube, YouTube has, uh, when you do live streams, you have power users that can give you money. If you watch like TimCast, he does uh, IRL, TimCast IRL every night. He goes live. And if you watch... You'll see people are going 100, 100, 100, 50, 50, 20, 20, 50, 50, 100, like literally tipping them $100 at a time, $100, $50, $20 at a time. I've only done it two or three times, and I've gotten $100 tips, and I'm not a Timcast. So um, if you can get $100 tips, um, if he can, if I can, I mean, certainly Joe Rogan could, and I'm just saying 50 cents. Now he doesn't have to listen to Spotify and the employees at Spotify telling him that what he's making isn't good. He doesn't have to listen to sponsors. He doesn't have to listen to anybody. He can do the best that he wants for his customers. If they find value, they can return back. So if that sits in the browser, then it's very easy for me as I'm browsing around to just click a button and just drop money. The other thing is like you probably noticed how the internet, everything was free on the internet, right? And now almost not almost, but lots of things are behind paywalls. So now you click to read on an article, New York Times, and it's like, oh, you got to pay. You got to pay. You have to have a membership. You got to pay five bucks a month or 50 bucks a month or whatever it is. Like all this stuff is starting to go behind paywalls. And that's a real pain in the ass. And now it's like, I have to create an account and I have to give you my name and I have to give you my password. I have to create a password. I hate that. I hate that I have to create an email and a username and a password for every single site I go to. I can't remember all this stuff. What a hassle. But what if in my browser, I had a lightning um, extension and just, oh, do you want to read the article? Just drop five cents. Now, you might say, well, why do we need Bitcoin lightning to do that? And I would say, how can you send 35 cents over the internet? And I'd wait for your answer, except for I can't hear you. <laughs> so I know you and I know you don't have one. There is no way to send 35 cents over the internet. An ACH transaction costs 35 cents to 50 cents. So you can't send 10 cents or 5 cents over the internet. But with Bitcoin, you can. With Lightning, you can. And so if I had that Lightning extension on my Google Chrome and I came upon a, a paywall and they said, hey, give us 5 cents for this article, I just click a button and it does it. I don't need to create an account. I don't need a username. I don't need a password. I don't need any of that. I just drop the 5 cents. 
Other things that we could do, for example, uh, we could fix the bots on social media, which are a massive problem, which by the way, if you're following me on Instagram, I apologize in advance for all the scammers and bots that you get. Um, if you're not following me on Instagram, then <laughs> I know I just made it so appealing, <laughs> but you should. You can find me on, on Twitter and Instagram just at one Mark Moss. The, that's the number one. Uh, but the bots on on Twitter and Instagram are so bad. If I post on on uh, on Twitter, sometimes I'll get up like a hundred bot replies like instantly. Uh, Instagram, same thing. And the reason why is there's no cost for them to do that. They can instantly like on if you go onto my YouTube, which again, if you're not following me on YouTube, check it out. Just search Mark Moss on YouTube. Uh, but literally, um, I have you know I'll get a thousand comments on a video, for example, and I think they have some sort of like this bot has some sort of like script where they just probably put a button and it literally puts spam comments on every single comment that's there, and that cost them no money to do that. But for me, I have to pay a full time person, like a real person. I have to pay them full time just to sit there and go through and clean all the spam out of my comments. So it costs them nothing, but it costs me something. Now, what if um, these social media platforms said, hey, um, in order to join, we don't, we don't, what they're, what, what the mainstream is going to want to do is make it where you can't use these platforms anonymously anymore. I don't like that. But what they could easily do is say, hey, you have to post up a bond. You have to put up a $1 bond or a 50 cent bond. And if you, um, if you post spam, you lose your bond. Well, just by having to put up that 50 cents, these spammers, these, these scammers wouldn't be able to do that because now they go create that a million accounts, a million accounts times 50 cents, it's too expensive. So these are things that can happen very quickly as we start to see this happening more and more and more. Um, and we've also seen you know, more and more of this lightning adoption happening. I just named one company, but it's happening really fast. As a matter of fact, um, Block, which is the parent company of uh, Square and Cash App, they integrated Lightning into their Cash App. It has 70 million users. Um, in El Salvador, they're using it in the Chivo wallet. There's three or four million users there. Paxful company has about 7 million users. Arcane Research put out a report saying that um, they see in the last two years, Lightning users have gone from about 100,000 users to over 80 million potential users. <clears throat> 80 million potential. Keyword, Potential. They have access to Lightning. doesn't mean they're necessarily using it yet. Uh, but we've seen that payment volume has increased by 400% just between the first quarter of 2021 and the first quarter of 2022. So in a year, 400% increase in a year. That's amazing. Now, um, like I said, you can do it through podcasts. Now, there are some podcast players. There's one called Fountaining. I'm sorry, Fountain. There's one called Lightning Video that are allowing um, you to pay content creators for their work directly. There's games now that have Bitcoin rewards that get paid out over Lightning. Um, there's the Lightning-enabled browser extensions like I'm talking about. Uh, another one is called Albi, and you can have the Bitcoin um, Lightning payments right in your browser payments. I'm sorry, in your browser. This is all happening. It's all happening really, really quickly. So all those people that say that Bitcoin's too slow and too expensive, they haven't checked out <laughs> any news since 2017. Uh, we have, who was the number? Uh, it was too big. I, 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 oh, 80 million. Potentially 80 million potential users could be using this right now. There's no other cryptocurrency that has 80, 80 million users that have the ability to use any of their stuff right now. It's pretty big. Um, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about the decentralized revolution, how the world's changing through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. We're talking specifically about the technology that's being built out right now that in the bear market that's changing the world. I'll be back with a lot more in a minute. When I come back, 
You don't want to miss it, so don't go away. I'll be right back. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of MoviePhone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, chief marketing and growth officer at AT AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hello, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, we're talking about the decentralized revolution each and every week. Of course, we talk about that. And we look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology, and we're looking at some of this latest breaking news so you can be up to date. We were talking about, before the break, how um, people that say that, uh, well, two things. One, how we're in a bear market, and most investors run away in the bear market, but the bear markets are for building. The bear market's when you invest. The bear market's when you create, when you build. That's how you have the best opportunity. We're also talking about how... um, the latest breaking news shows that uh, these people with these old arguments that Bitcoin is too slow and too expensive just haven't looked at anything literally since uh, 2017. We're talking about how with Bitcoin Lightning, 
and how all these people are building on Bitcoin Lightning and how it's enabling us to send Bitcoin faster and cheaper, but also in new ways. We're talking about this creator economy, things like that. But Cash App this week came out with some new announcements. It says that now users, Cash App users, which is a lot of people, um, can now send and receive Bitcoin using the Lightning Network. So again, now if you're using the Cash App, you can send and receive Bitcoin for free, nearly, nearly free and instantaneous, um, which is a pretty big deal. It speeds up the Bitcoin transactions and reduces costs by routing transactions through channels without needing to use the main Bitcoin blockchain. So there is a trade-off. If I was going to sell you a car for $50,000 and you were going to pay me in Bitcoin, I'd probably want you to send that on the base settlement layer. Then if I have to wait 10 or 15 minutes for that to go through, whatever, no big deal. We'll do the paperwork. But I want to make sure that that final confirmation is there. I want to make sure that that transaction is censorship resistant and immutable. Now, if I'm buying a cup of coffee for two or three bucks or I'm at Starbucks for five bucks, I don't really care if that transaction's uh censorship resistant and immutable for all of eternity. So I'm happy to trade off. I'm getting more speed and lower cost of the transaction for the cup of coffee, but I'm giving up some of the censorship resistance and immutability. But I don't really care about that because it's a couple bucks. If it's a big transaction, I do care about it, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait. And so now it's up to us as the users to decide how we wanna do that. And Cash App allows you to send Bitcoin now on both the base, la base layer so it's more secure, takes longer, or we can send it over the lightning layer, which is faster, cheaper, but maybe we give up some of the security. And so you get to try, you get to decide. It says on from the Cash App website, it says that with lightning, there is typically little to no fees involved, little to no fees involved. However, it's for smaller amounts of Bitcoin. They're eliminating, eliminating it to about, uh, just under a thousand dollars, just under a thousand dollars. But uh, the Cash App, uh, it's while well, it's only available to the U.S. and the U.K. right now, but they have over 44 million monthly users right now. That's how big and how fast uh, this thing is taking off. Now, another thing I want to talk about: um, some news that I saw this week that came out is that um, you know a lot of people say that Bitcoin is too correlated to the Nasdaq, right? Um, they say that it's it's too volatile, um, and uh, Wall Street has taken it over because they they took these big positions. And I would agree with that. And I would, yeah. I mean, I guess I would agree with that. All right. So um, Wall Street, they love to trade, they love to manipulate, right? So they have big amounts of money, hundreds of billions of dollars. And they can push the prices of assets up and down, and they like to trade. And so um, they have taken Bitcoin on as like a new trading toy. It's fun for them. And uh, it, it's super volatile, which they like, because they can make profits up and down. And so they short it, it goes down, they long and it goes up. But what we want as longer-term investors is we're always trying to spot the mismatch between perception and reality, because therein lies our edge. Therein lays our opportunity. So while, um, I don't want to say the world, while people in the United States look at Bitcoin as too volatile, they look at it as like a risk asset, as a Wall Street trading toy, and it sort of is, that's the perception. The reality is that it's not. The reality is that's not what Bitcoin is. The reality for billions of people in the world living under 
very harsh authoritarian dictatorships um, with double or triple digit inflation, it's a life raft. So that's the difference of perception and reality. The perception is it looks like a Wall Street trading toy. The reality is that's not really what it is. And at some point, that mismatch is going to swing back the other way. This week, I saw an article. It says that um, Bitcoin is, quote, basically a savior in Turkey. So it says, in Turkey, crypto represents freedom from inflation, national currency, and the constraints of corporate life. So in Turkey, if you're not aware, um, they have massive inflation. As a matter of fact, their dollar, the Turkish, the Turkish lira, the TRY, Turkish lira has fallen over 80% to the U.S. dollar in the last five years. Massive inflation. So it says uh, it represents freedom from inflation. So if your currency is going to lose 80% of its purchasing power, what do you need to do? You need to get out of that currency before it loses all that value. If you're in a plane or you're in a ship going down, what are you going to do? You're going to get off of that ship, right? You're going to try and get a lifeboat. And so you got a currency in Turkey that's losing that fast. You have to get out of it. Well, how can you do that? Well, that's where Bitcoin comes in. It gives them this life raft. Now, um, it says that, uh, so first of all, people say that Bitcoin's too volatile. It's lost too much value priced in dollars. But what if you're not priced in dollars? What if you're priced in Turkish lira that's going down? So, for example, I saw here, um, so I, I posted this on Twitter Again, if you're not following me on Twitter, you should check me out there. I do a lot more play-by-play -play on a daily basis. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at one Mark Moss. That's just the number one Mark Moss. Um, but I posted this on Twitter and I said, um, you know, this perception versus reality kind of thing. And uh, someone commented back and said, um, "Oh yeah, but uh, you know, it's it's too volatile, and gold's a much better, you know, uh, life raft. Gold's a better life raft." Um, and I, so I had to do a little bit of research. So I got the research for you here. And um, in the last 24 months, Bitcoin priced in Turkish lira, not priced in dollars, but priced in Turkish lira, is up 226%. Gold in the same period is up 85%. So gold has been a great life raft. Uh, basically, instead of losing 80% of your money, you're even. You didn't lose. That's good. That's good. You didn't lose. You stayed even. Congratulations. If you had bought Bitcoin, not only did you not lose, you're up 226%. Now, you might say, Mark, you're cherry picking dates. Yes, I am. I am. We can sit here and look at any dates you want. Do you want to look at five years, 10 years? Do you want to look at one day, seven days? We can look at whatever time frame you want. Um, and if we look at seven days or seven weeks or seven months or seven years, we're going to get different answers for all of those. The reason why I chose two years is two years is a pretty decent time frame. Um, I think when it comes to Bitcoin, um, it's very volatile to be used on a daily basis, meaning the price goes up and down. You know, um, now <laughs> lately it's been pretty dang stable, but the price does go up and down. And so, if I was holding my life savings or all my money in Bitcoin, and then I needed to pay my rent next month, it could be down, right? It could be down. And so, I think it works well. Um, as a store of value right now. I think it's on its way to evolving to a medium exchange. It works as a store of value. Now, a store of value being like a long-term store of value. Now, I, uh, as an investor, think long-term. I think in years, not days, weeks, or months. 
I think it really started because I started as a real estate investor and most of my real estate projects in the beginning would take about a year. Then as I started getting into bigger projects, they take like five years. So I started looking at things on like a five-year timeframes. So if you look at Bitcoin over like a three-year timeframe, um, I don't think there's ever been a three-year time frame where Bitcoin has been down. So I, I pulled a two-year time frame. You can pull whatever time frame you want. Um, but if you're looking at it over days, weeks, or months, you're not going to make it. Um, you're, you're, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution. We're talking about uh, Bitcoin, the technology, how it's faster, cheaper, and more private to send Bitcoin than any other cryptocurrency, how um, 880 million users have access to do that right now, and how it's a life raft in Turkey. I got a lot more to cover when I come back in a minute. Um, we are going to talk about some other tech stuff that's happening. Big, big, big news there. Two big, two big pieces of news. You don't want to miss it. I'll be back in a minute. Don't go away. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, chief marketing and growth officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. 
Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution each and every week. Of course, the way the world's changing, and it's changing fast. Some good, some bad. Depends on how you look at it and what you're looking at, I guess, specifically. Um, but we are talking about um, the technology piece today. I look at. I like to look at through the lens of all three things, politics, finance, and technology, specifically where those three things converge. So I don't really care about politics for politics' sake. I care about politics in so far as it drives finance. And I care about finance as so much as, you know, it involves uh, technology and, and all that together. So I like the convergence of those three things specifically. Um, and so we look at those. Um, some big news came out this week, though. It was uh, earnings week, meaning uh, we already know that the stock markets are down. We're off to, you know, one of the worst years for stocks and bonds than we've seen in history. And, uh, man, it has not been good for the tech stocks specifically. And I think it's an interesting thing to look at if we want to look at kind of, like I said, these uh, the combination of politics, finance, and technology as we look at this. The tech stocks are getting smashed, some of it because of their political leanings and some of it because of the technological leanings. But leading the board here, I mean, the company that just is getting just absolutely smashed is uh, the artist formerly known as Prince. No, I'm kidding. Uh, the company formerly known as Facebook, now known, known as Meta. And Meta is just getting absolutely demolished. Um, you know, maybe for any number of reasons, maybe because of their political ideologies, right? We've seen Mark Zuckerberg go on Joe Rogan and admit that, yes, because the government asked us to, we censored information that probably could have cost the Democrats an election. I mean, he admitted it out of his own mouth. Maybe people are mad about that. Uh, maybe it's because technology is changing. Uh, maybe it's because um, he made a very bad bet um, and he changed the name of the company from Facebook to Meta, basically betting on the metaverse. So they were trying to capture on this cryptocurrency hype Obviously, Bitcoin is the big uh, technological revolution that's changing the world, and we have lots of little spinoffs of this, and one of these is this cryptocurrency little niche called uh, the Metaverse, and um, he positioned his whole company for that and has lost billions, hundreds of billions of dollars because of that. Bad bad choices, maybe political means, maybe it was because of bad choices, investment choices, Um Maybe it was because of other bad choices, such as buying their stock back. But never mind that. We can see that um, they have gotten completely torched. As a matter of fact, when their stock came out, it dropped. Uh, I'm sorry, when the earnings report came out this week, they lost 20% in after hours. Looking at the daily chart, you can see that they've lost seven years of price growth. Seven years. They're all the way back to where they were in 2015. So seven years of the biggest bull market in history with tens of trillions of dollars of federal money propping up equities, all gone, all for nothing. That's what Facebook has done, uh, or I should say meta, sorry. Uh, they, they've lost about 75% of its value, which is unbelievable. Now, 
one of the uh, best reverse indicators, meaning when they say buy, you sell, one of the most reliable, one of the best indicators we have for the stock market is Jim Cramer. When he says to buy, you sell. When he says to sell, you buy. And I mean it like, like, I think like 100% accuracy. I mean, maybe it's like 98%. I don't know. And he came out on October 24th and tweeted, the lack of respect for Meta is incredible, meaning that the price was selling off and why would people do that? And people should buy. It was October 24th. Which, uh, that is the kiss of death. As I said, if he comes out and says that, that means you do the opposite. And that's exactly what happened with Meta. As a matter of fact, if we look at, where are we at here? The 24th. If you would have listened to Jim Cramer and bought on that day, you'd be down 28% right now. And for the first time ever, I saw Jim Cramer actually come out and make a formal apology. I think this uh, reverse indicator is getting to him. He's finally had to come out and make an apology, which he should have done a long time ago. What he should do is he should stop telling people to buy and sell. He should probably just hang up his hat and realize he's the absolute worst. Well, I hate to say the worst in the world, but he's certainly the worst in known media. Like I said, his indicator is like near perfect. Now, on top of that, Meta has completely screwed up. Um, since 1980, well, uh, until 1982, corporations were not, as in like illegal, they were not allowed to buy their own stock back. But then the rules changed, and then companies started buying their stocks. And part of the reason why is because what happened is, I believe it was under President Bill Clinton, um, they said that uh, companies, when they pay their employees, that's tax deductible, right? That's an expense. When I pay my employees, that's an expense. I don't have to pay tax on that money. But they said that you can't pay a CEO over a million dollars, or any, anything over a million dollars is not tax deductible. <clears throat> so... They make one stupid law and it creates even bigger problems. And so what happened is corporations said, fine, then we won't pay them over a million dollars. What we'll do is we'll give them stock instead. And because now CEOs were incentivized with stocks, what do you think their main priority was? To get the price of the stock up. And so they do anything they can to get the price of the stock up, even if it's for short-term gains at long-term expense of the company. So they start thinking very short-term about what they're doing with the company just to get the price of the stock up so they can cash out. Who cares if it ruins the company down the road? One of those things was buying back stock. When they take stock off the market, it pushes the price up. We see that uh, Meta, Facebook, had spent, just since July of 2021, spent $50 billion, that's B, with a B, $50 billion in cash, Money in the bank, their cash. Meta spent $50 billion in cash to buy up their stock at a price of over $300. Today, the price of the stock is under $100. That means they've lost about one-third of their $50 billion in cash, or they've torched, lit on fire, $32 billion. Hmm. Pretty bad, pretty bad, pretty bad choice. Now, I talk about that because I want to highlight it in contrast to something else. In contrast to something else, Elon Musk has agreed to buy Twitter. 
And as a matter of fact, it looked like the deal wasn't going to go through. And now it looks like this week it should go through. He should take control of the board this week. Now, there's lots of stuff going on about this. How dare he? As a matter of fact, <clears throat> now the government wants to open up investigations into him. Uh, is there anything they can do to block this? How dare he buy this platform because he wants to have free speech? How dare he? Um, They said that they're uh, losing control of the narrative management tool known as Twitter. Um, Bloomberg ran an article saying, quote, there's no commercial viability for a network that doesn't have some level of content moderation. And Twitter is already struggling with losing its most active users. So in deciding how to free Musk wants speech to be, he may have to alienate users to get there. Well, it's funny because he says he wants to create free speech. He says that it's important to the future of civilization to have a common digital town square. He says there's currently greater danger that social media will splinter into far right and far left echo chambers that generate hate and divide our society. And he says that he wants to have a place that is open, available for everyone to have dialogue. Doesn't sound so bad to me. And I say that because Twitter is... Stock price is up 31% since his announcement. In the same time since the announcement, Meta's down 46% and Google's down 26%. So Facebook and Google censoring, they're down 46 and 20%. Twitter, free speech, is up 31%. And that is the decentralized revolution we're talking about. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Thanks for listening. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.